You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. is freshly roasted and ethically sourced it's music to your ears shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com welcome to episode 142 of star wars and scotch god you sound like you just had some scotch i was up late because i didn't finish my workout (laughs) till 10 and then i didn't get to start ahsoka till 10 20 and then i didn't go to bed till 10 to midnight so Yeah, it was kind of gross, but it was better than getting up early and watching it, so I'll take that. Okay. I'd rather sleep later than... I watched one episode last night, and then I watched one episode when I got back from the gym. I knew you were going to do that for some reason, and I don't know why. It felt, it just felt right. I was like, Tim's going to go to like 10, and then he's going to watch the next one this morning in the Mm -hmm. interim, so Mm -hmm. anyway. Like we're married. Essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we married female versions of the other person <laughs> unbeknownst so, to each other yeah that that happened uh but uh hey hey the only way, reason i'm awake right now is because of delicious king's coast coffee nice that's good and i will say this in the realm of space magic if you're watching tenocon and you like king's coast you might want to pay attention to tenocon <laughs> <laughs> Why do you look so uncomfortable by that? <laughs> it's just a weird segue. You know what it is. I know what it is. It's just it's like, hey. are you you're not doing sponsor for Tenocon, are you? No, no, I'm not okay. a Warframe guy. Yeah, it was never my back. I love that team to death. DE are They're some of awesome. the finest people in this industry. Um, but Warframe was just never my game. I, I'll let you know about Wayfinder once I can play it. But <laughs> it looks like servers are up. So that's cool. I just haven't had a chance to, yeah, uh, to I mean, like dive it was, in. It was fun when we played it at PAX. Had a good time. I was deterred by a twenty-three thousand person queue on Saturday morning, so I decided to uh, play Baldur's Gate instead. It's so much fun. I love Baldur's Gate. Uh, but yeah, KingsCoastCoffee.com. Um, take my hint how you will, but either way, make sure you're uh, uh, waking up. Also, for the TikTok store update, we are trying every trick in the damn book. Don't worry, <laughs> we got a handle on it. It's just it's been been quite the adventure yeah third-party apps we didn't need wayne's lack of knowledge and technology oh we're just gonna okay (laughs) oh yeah no i tell everyone wayne has no idea what he's doing yeah wayne's like a grandma when it comes to tech where's the any key he's definitely a one finger typer oh oh god it's okay he'll never hear this so he can't do anything about it um so (laughs) What? He doesn't listen to my nerdy Star Wars podcast, and I don't listen to his stupid bourbon podcast. We're good. We're good. Okay. All right, good. I'm glad you guys are good. It's not stupid. If you like bourbon, go listen to Drink with Wayne. I just don't like what it does to my TikTok algorithm, because then I get a bunch of crusty old white dudes telling me which bourbon I should drink, and that's why I don't watch Wayne's stuff. (laughs) It's true. Am I wrong? This is a great time to check out (laughs) kingscoastcoffee.com. Don't forget, Summer Swell is coming to an end. An autumn tide will be coming to your front door soon. So head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com. Check out the King's Club, 
It's a great time to get into the Kings Club because you can change your coffee whenever. So you could you could get Roaster's Choice right now. You could get Autumn Tides in a little bit. We'll have coffee. We'll have our Christmas coffee before you know it. Coco's right around the corner. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com and let us shake up the way you wake up. It was weird having a conversation with someone about Kings Coast marketing for next year. And they were like, well, we could film holiday stuff in like February. And I was like, that sounds sick. We've never cool. done that before. Imagine planning. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say imagine dragon. But yeah, imagine planning. Uh, but yeah, kingshostcoffee.com. GCX is in the rearview mirror, but stay tuned for, for uh, details of things happening in the future. I have a very uh, exciting meeting tomorrow for GCX. So we just have to dot a few I's, cross a few T's. And then we'll let you know what's going on. I know Tim's community is amped to get back. Every time I go into his his YouTube channel, they're all like, "When are you announcing next GCX? Are we doing the just?" Uh, here's my here's my suggestion for uh, uh, where we should do the next GCX. NASA, <laughs> we're going to the moon. Someone Space said, back. Someone said we should do it in the Florida Keys, and I was like, "I'm not opposed <sighs> to that, but God, there's no so like expensive, and there's no space in the Florida Keys for us to do it." So, like, I, yeah, I get I the, the sentiment, but we're going to stay in the resort world uh, for now because keys are so much special. Fun. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah, last thing is uh, Halloween's around the corner. And, um, yeah, you might just want to pay attention to Tim's channels during Halloween because Halloween's uh, around the corner. Where are we going with this? I was like, yeah, Halloween is right around the corner. Just Halloween's around the corner. So, pay, start paying attention to Tim's channels. It's, it's uh, you know, darkness, Halloween. I don't know what you're trying to get at. Darkness. <laughs> Just Halloween. Let's talk about Ahsoka. Oh, my gosh. So oh, my did, God. Did you feel the moment it started? First of all, there was a crawl. Not the usual crawl. Yeah, but the a crawl. crawl was real. I was, that's, I was, I was very surprised that we got a crawl it wasn't the the traditional star wars yellow like at an angle like going up but it was still a crawl nonetheless which was really really neat at the Is same time it the kind of worried me because we were like we had i mean it worried me in a sense of like oh my gosh is this is the first episode going to be nothing but trying to get people caught up to where we left off in rebels and i was pleasantly surprised because it really didn't it kind of just like set the tone and then it was kind of just off to the races. So I was I was actually really surprised by it, but in a good way. Even though it makes no sense, this word, but I'm going to say it anyway. Is this the Filoni-verse Star Wars aesthetic yes. with the red crawl? Is that where we're going? Because yeah. think about the Clone Wars logo for the last four episodes also changed to red. Is mm -hmm. this his thing? Yeah, I think so. Because this is technically his Star Wars saga is Clone Wars, Rebels, and now... Uh, these the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka. That's Filoni's Star Wars. I mean, saga. every everything about this from start to finish has felt very different from other Star Wars movies. Uh, <laughs> I would shows. Even, it's I would challenge that the beginning of this felt more Star Wars than most of the stuff we've seen in the oh, past most, few years. Most definitely, but also what you just said, it also felt very different at the same time. It was so familiar yet very different. It definitely felt like there was a lot of homage to like original Star Wars storytelling in certain ways, camera angles, um, like even just just like the certain aesthetics. Uh, everything felt very, like you said, very familiar. 
but you you can definitely tell like this is this is the Star Wars movie that Dave has always wanted to make or or this is the Star Wars movie that he felt like George Lucas should have done. And mm. like cuz cuz it feels very it feels yeah. very very Lucas. Like it, that that entire intro was just very like just normal like it, it just it felt like i was at home you know like it just, there was nothing wrong about that 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 intro to ahsoka that i was just like i don't like this it just it felt really really good and then the i think the piece that got me is we went from a um, text crawl to a, a pan shot of the um the ship the republic ship and that was very very reminiscent of old star wars so mm-hmm. that was purposeful um right out of the gate meeting uh Balin and Shin um I, I I guess we can abandon the term dark Jedi would you do that because he said I'm I am no Jedi you he's know you're right like, about one thing we're not Jedi yeah he's not he's not a Jedi but he's not Sith either <clears throat> no there's um, something in between he definitely he, he, if we fast forward and we go to the end of of episode two mm-hmm. um when when he is tasked with the the ultimate thing of killing Ahsoka, like he even like he even said, like it's a shame, you know. There's so few Jedi left, and so it's just like he understands the importance of like having these Force wielders, having these Jedi around. But at the same time, I think he understands that survival is far more important for him and his apprentice than anything else. And so I think that's the it's a really interesting where that you have this like neutral party where they're they're it's an antihero. Like essentially, he is an antihero. Um, like I would assume, I think, I, I don't think he's a villain. I mean, does he, is he a villain? Cause I don't think he's like a villain. I don't know if I he's a villain. I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about him to be like, nah, he's a bad guy. I mean, like, did he walk into a new Republic ship and kill everybody? Yeah. But uh, why? Why? I mean, like there's, I don't know. There's, I mean, is he really just a lightsaber for hire? Like, I mean, is he really just an assassin at the end of the day? I don't know. I feel like he's more than that. He when you know when Shin asked him what we're getting out of this when Thrawn returns, um, which I do want to talk about the Thrawn stuff because there's a lot, there's so much to talk. We'll about. We'll talk about that later. But when Shin asks him, you know, what are we getting out of him? He basically says power, and that screams Sith to me. That so does. While they, that does. While they may not be Sith yet, um, you know, there could be something. And I know someone's going to go, oh, rule of two and Palpatine's still alive. and blah, 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 blah. Well, Sith don't actually play by the rules. So if someone wanted to make themselves the master and the apprentice, by the time the other Sith realize all that happens is some, two of them are getting killed. And then we do have the true master and well, apprentice. Star Wars has been very clear about the classification of Sith versus dark side. Mm-hmm. There are, like Kylo Ren is not considered Sith. Kylo Ren is considered a dark side force user, mm-hmm. um, or he's a warrior of the dark side, uh, but he's not considered Sith. Ventress is not considered Sith. Um, they are all just, they were, they were brought in as an apprentice when the rule of two was still being applied to, uh, to Palpatine and then his main apprentice. But like all of those, like those like tertiary, like apprentices, like mm-hmm. those didn't count, so they don't get to fall under the Sith classification, which is very interesting. But so, so knowing that Palpatine is alive, like I think that does negate Balin and Shin from being considered Sith. Um, but like you said, like they're going to go and grab power. So, like, what does that mean? If you if you go to like, if you go to uh, Heir to the Empire, like this whole idea of like Dark Jedi, 
Uh, mm. Again, I still think they're gonna. I think they're gonna lean into that a little bit because, like, I, I, re- I, it's, it's such an interesting thing to to bring into the universe, and this feels like the right time to like bring in a dark Jedi. No, the whole idea yeah. of having a dark Jedi versus having a Sith, or having just like this dark side user, because it's just like, it, is it gonna go into more of like the gray Jedi? Like, is that where this is gonna kind of fall? Where they're like, they're not super bad, but they're also not like they're not good. Like, wh- where do they sit? Yeah, alignment. I mean, it's it's the it's the workaround for Palpatine and what Palpatine's up to and all that stuff. So you can still have antagonists, protagonists, evil, light in the middle. You know, you can still play in all of those pawns as long as you, like you said, don't really use the word Sith. It's safe from a lore perspective. But like I also said, it could turn into a showdown depending on what the ultimate motivation is. One takeaway from all of that too is um, I, if Ray Stevenson's character does not die at the end of season one, I'm really going to be sad that we don't get to see him continue the performance because he's doing a bang up job in my opinion uh, as Balin Skull. Like I was very impressed as to how much I liked him right out of the gate as whatever he's going to be. And I think the whole show is adding an air of mystery that we haven't had to star Wars on the mystical like force side in quite some time for a number of reasons. Um, so introducing them. And I forget the third person who is apparently used to be an inquisitor and now works for them. I forget his name. Oh, is his, um, they mentioned it a few times. Um, it'll come to you. Yep. Keep going. I, I looked in IMDB and it wasn't there. Also, Hu Yang is David Tennant, by the way, the former I love, Doctor Who. I love Hu I love that Hu Yang has become like this sidekick and he's just like he's just there with Ahsoka the whole time. I really and like that a lot. I love that they're arguing about Jedi Order Protocol because she's like, I ain't a Jedi anymore. And he keeps mm-hmm. saying, like, I was just following standard operating procedure for the Jedi. So um it, it, it's been fun to watch them. So you know, we have the whole thing on the ship in the beginning. Cool sets the the tone for who these two are. Um, uh, Maroc, Maroc, Maroc. I was like Malak, and I'm like, that's not right. It's um, the interesting thing. So there were rumors that Morgan Elspeth was a night sister. That well, was well, well. So that was all proven right. I would also like to say that Tim and I said the planet that Ahsoka was fighting the HK and Maroc on was Corellia, and Tim and I were right. So. Hey. Yay. Going to take that W and put it in my pocket because we were wrong about everything else. Um, but uh, which I'm OK with. Um, so uh, right out of the gate, you know, it, it, we didn't figure out Morgan was a night sister until about 20, 30 minutes in. Or was that the second episode? I can't remember. No, it was no, the, first, it was the episode. first episode because we find out we find out where the temple was, like what it was when Ahsoka was was grabbing the thing. And, and Shin asked, what was this place? And she was like, it was a. It was a fortress uh, built by my ancestors, uh, the Night Sisters. Death of she was like, she was like, witch. she's like, witch, right like, out of the gate. Oh, they're live action now, so sick. And I think that's Mother Townsend that's talking to her the whole time when she's hearing whispers. A hundred and ten, or whatever was talking to Mother Townsend, talking to her. Either yeah, one they, of those two. Yeah. So this opens up so much. So first of all. In, in my knowledge of Disney canon, not the original Night Sisters, I'm clarifying that in Disney canon is that the Night Sisters were not nomadic. They lived on Dathomir, but this Correct. proves that they had strongholds elsewhere. This also proves that the Night Sisters had a way of traveling between galaxies. Mm-hmm. This also introduces the idea that, which was only toyed with in, in uh, Legends, is that they're. Uh, 
we can get to other galaxies. We're not talking beyond the red line and beyond the outer rim. That's still considered a galaxy far, far away. We're talking galaxies. And the Purgle can travel between these galaxies and create these space worm tunnels. Yeah, they're they're wormholes, yeah. But they kept saying something significant. They kept saying, she said, Thrawn is calling to me through time and space. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Because time and space means what exactly what we said, which was the veil of the Force. Mm -hmm. So are the purgle able to create these tunnels that go through the veil of the like are we bringing that to live action no i don't i think i think we're going too deep with that one but at the same time i don't understand why thrawn is communicating with her telepathically or even how he's capable of doing that well i i i I don't think you need to go in and do like a whole explanation of what this is but for the uber nerds if they just basically say like, "Oh, it's a wormhole through through time and space," we can kind of assume what that means and what that that leads to. So, a, one big thing that I'd like to point out is now that we're traveling to another galaxy, we have never understood the power that the dark the Night Sisters possess. We don't know what that is really. It doesn't align with our version of the dark side. Well, they always said that it was like it came from the dark side that it was it was a manipulation of dark side energy that was what gave the night sisters their powers but does this place that we're apparently going to go to and go beyond the red line for the first time in star wars could this be where that comes because obviously the force will persist throughout the entire you know galaxy yeah, it's, un- it's a universal thing but Who's to say that in other parts of these other galaxies, the force is not used differently, manipulated differently and whatnot, and that the Night Sisters may have originated from this other place and yeah, brought that version of the dark side to our Star Wars galaxy? I just, I, if, here, here's my biggest problem with all of this so far. The, let's, let's go back to the first episode. Sure. Let's go to this 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 ancient fortress that was created by Dathomirian Night Sisters. One thing before you dive in, did you were you like at first you're like, oh, it's a Jedi temple, and then were you like, this doesn't no. look like Jedi stuff? No, that was- I I thought it had something to do with um uh with the father and the mother, or the father and the sister and the brother. I thought that was going to be something from, um, what's the planet? Um, I'm brain farting. Um, Mortis. I thought that was going to be like a Mortis temple of some sort. Um, that was the kind of the vibe that I was getting. Um, yeah. But they even, like, they, you, could, you could even tell, like, the, 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 the figures that were, like, on the walls and stuff, they, yep. looked, very al- they looked very alien. Um, like, the black, like, the black big eyes, um, the very elongated bodies. Like, they, they looked like a... A very old alien race that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my first like that was my first like question of like what what is this place and 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 how significant is it going to be to the rest of the story? The the biggest part that I'm having like that I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around is why why was there this this old ancient temple that had this very Indiana Jones ancient puzzle to open up this obelisk style thing that looks like it's been sitting there for thousands of years that had a uh that had a star map inside of it that only if like you essentially needed magic or the ability to decipher puzzles to get a key to open up that shows you where Thrawn is like like what like what is so 
and I and I'm and I'm sure I'm I would hope to God that the writing is it's not that it's the location of Thrawn, it's yeah. the location of where Thrawn ended up because of the Purgles. I think I and so like that's that's the one part that I feel like is just it it the way that the writing happened in the first one, it made it seem like that this ancient thing is telling us where Thrawn is. And so it's not telling us where Thrawn is. It's telling us where Thrawn ended up or where they assume Thrawn ended up because of this like old magic. So right? my, yeah, my, my feeling on that is if you look at the star map, when she puts it on the pedestal, oh, there's a big, there's big purgles and stuff that are like, right. So if you look at the lore with purgles, people have been studying purgles since before um hyperspace travel because they actually created hyperspace travel based on what they were able to see right, the they have purgles like their own and try to mimic and it. stuff right so what i think is happening is perhaps studying like the purgle migration if you will through space that maybe morgan has identified that this is where that the purgles would have brought but thrones ship but still Yes, there is. There's definitely gray areas. I'm just trying to say, from what I pieced together yeah, in the episode, this is this would be the explanation. It just seems like there's a lot of there's a lot of of gaps. I agree, um, and, and that was my biggest frustration is that we put so much focus around this this object that was that's leading us to Thrawn. It's a lot. Like it, it kept on reminding me of Episode Seven, where they kept on looking for the one like the piece of a star map that leads to Luke Skywalker. And mm-hmm. it's just like you have an entire galaxy completely like mapped out and you're missing this one little piece. But we're going to spend an entire movie trying to find this one little piece to fill in a gap. So it's it just kind of yeah. weird. It also reminded me of um, uh, and this I found uh, stupid was that stupid knife in nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of like this is an ancient knife, but it aligns perfectly with this crash that only happened like 20 years ago. That was that's what kind of reminded me this seemed a bit more palatable though because of what i you know the purgles being involved and they're ancient and whatnot so i think there's more meat on that bone but you're right that they did not to the to the new viewer especially that has no clue what a purgle is yeah um they didn't do the best job of really um sorting that out and and putting that in front of the viewer but but um, there's still time, obviously, to rectify that. Sure, most definitely. I just, I, I'm, I was really kind of just like, I kept on going like, but why, why the star map? You know, like, well, how is the star map in Thrawn? Like, why are they so connected? But the way that 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 Ahsoka finds the star map again was very like ancient Indiana Jones, like temple crawling kind of like scenario, and then like this event that only happened five years or like six years ago, however, like f- five years ago ish, right? Something, something like it was like right around. No, it's actually longer than that. So it was before no, episode five. So it would have been like it would have been like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's been a while because it's been a bit. So that's they that's say the that other... Thrawn missed the whole uh, civil war. Yeah, he missed everything because he because he left before the Death Star was completed. Because the Emperor believed he was the difference between winning and losing. Right and. Obviously, with him gone, they lost. Well, and if I Thrawn mean, like, would have if, stayed. You, if you really start getting into it, there was a whole thing where, like, the Emperor, if you read, if you read Heir to the Empire, the Emperor was casting this, like, buff. If you want to take it, like, D&D style, he was casting this galactic buff that gave all of his admirals and commanders this, like, heightened sense of intelligence and and tactical understandings. And so when the Emperor died, 
everyone lost their ability to like command because he was no longer casting out this like this heightened level of of like sixth sense of being able to just like read a, a, a battle. It's it's really weird. It was really really strange, like how like air, like how heir to the empire explains like what was going on versus like how it is like in Disney canon. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think you're right about Purgles. I think like this is definitely going to tie in very hard to Purgles. We saw Purgles in the trailer. We saw a Purgle flying over the planet when when uh, Balin was kind of like looking at the 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 stone relics, and he looks up and you kind of see that that shadow of a Purgle flying over. Um, I just I, I I really hope that it it isn't just that. I really hope there's more to it because like it, it felt so mysterious when Ezra makes this like this this sacrifice and 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 flies off through through space with these purgles and like that was it. You know, that like that 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 was that was done, but the the mystery to the purgles and the exact location was always on the star map. So like that's that's my that's my that that's the biggest thing for me and where I keep on coming back to is, is why are we putting so much importance on that? So hopefully it changes. Hopefully that's not the case. Yeah, no, I, I think you have a very, very good point there and it, it, it could be fleshed out because it could have implicate they're, they're Essentially they're making decisions that are going to have profound effects on star Wars lore moving forward. Like mm-hmm. this is not little things that are changing. I'm nervous it, about it. And again, and again, this is what happens. This is the difference between a show with force users and a show like Mandalorian, where it's a story within the universe, and we're just yeah. like along for the ride. Now, lasting implications: yes, they reestablish the civilization of Mandalorians in the show. There's definitely points in the show that are very, very important to the grand scheme. But this, this is this is nuts. What they're aiming to do but again mm-hmm. this is feloni this is the guy george lucas trusted with the franchise yeah so before all the fanboys take to our tiktok and our instagram and start you know going nuts and whatnot remember this is the one that george lucas entrusted the franchise and the history of future of it too mm-hmm. it is not kathleen kennedy it was dave feloni so dave feloni is picking up the story and running with it uh, dave feloni was was uh, um, George Lucas was part of the creation of Ahsoka. This is not like just Dave Filoni's creation. George had to say yeah. so. And and would you the relationship they have to him? Don't you think that he's like probably calling him occasionally, being like, I would George, assume so. George, what do you what do you remember the whales the, the, with, the, with the octopus tentacles? We're gonna we're gonna go live action on them. How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. George is just sitting there with his hundred dollar bills, crying his tears that he doesn't own the franchise anymore. <laughs> I love it. He's just he's, uh, I, reading the articles. They're like George Lucas is upset about Star Wars. I'm like, okay, but he made like lots of money. He was going to retire anyway. So yeah, yeah, he's been compensated for being upset. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's on that side of the fence. We'll see. There's a lot of the. I know this gets, starts to get into the mysticism that you and I are super interested in, and we've taken a very long break from that, in my opinion. Oh, very With much so. Current content, we focused a lot on non-force users and whatnot, so I'm happy to be there. Uh, one one thought before we talk about some of the other folks and some of the other stuff too. Um, you know, we 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 talked last week about the the old republic and why they haven't taken it out, and I'm starting to believe that they are actually laying the groundwork in front of us and we're not paying attention mm-hmm. because there were so many little star Wars, the old Republic nods in this. And then with acolyte coming and knowing that that almost mimics the kind of story that Revan 
you know, Revan and Malik, Jedi's very disenfranchised. They go off and fight, you know, on the other side in the Jedi Civil War, or they fight the Jedi Civil War with all of that, whatever, not Jedi Civil War, the Jedi Mandalorian Wars. You know, and then they are not happy, and then they start going around the galaxy looking for bad stuff. Um, the introduction of a live-action star map, that is exactly what you do in KOTOR. Those are the maps that you use to navigate the galaxy. Mm-hmm. So while it has nothing to do with Old Republic, it does only thing it does is legitimize the fact that star maps are a thing and this is how they work just like you used them in the game which was exciting and then the secondary thing uh you know tim brought it up right in, in pre and i picked up on it immediately um she her hyperspace loop to get to this galaxy has to be fitted with something called the eye of scion well no they're creating the eye of scion oh they're creating they're the eye creating of scion the eye of scion with these to super, jump with these super star destroyer warp cores to and jump to the next galaxy. Correct. So they're making they're making like a wormhole. They're making like a, a like a stargate essentially. Like that is a stargate, um, and it's called the Eye of Scion. And I would assume this has to do with Darth Scion, who only has one eye. Who only has one eye. <laughs> so I thought that was really really cool. And then and, ti- and, and Darth Scion ties into Revan and Malak. Because yes, Scion, Scion, here's here's the excerpt from from Wikipedia. Scion allied himself with the next Sith Empire to because originally, real quick, let me roll back. Scion originally was with with Exar Kun. Yes, and so after the fall of Exar Kun, he then aligns himself with uh, Revan and Malak, and then it says those Sith too fell, and he watched from the Sith Academy on Korriban as the Empire tore itself apart. Scion soon found new purpose with Darth Treya and Darth Nihilus a pair of Sith Lords who together with Scion formed the Sith Triumvirate. Is that right? Triumvirate? Dedicated Triumvirate. to restoring the Sith and eliminating the Jedi. In their headquarters on Malachor V, Scion served as Treya's disciple. Eventually frustrated with her teachings, he and Nihilus stripped her of the Force and cast her out. The two ruling Sith Lords went on to reunite most of the surviving Sith remnants and continued their war on the Jedi with great success. That's sick. And, so, and, and I agree with a little you more there. background. Go ahead. Because you, you're an edgelord and you love this stuff. Do you know what his whole thing is and his um, connection to the force? He is the Lord of Pain. His 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 hatred and his essentially dark side essence. I don't know how to phrase it exactly is all that's keeping him together because mm-hmm. he's yeah, been so he's like, yeah, wounded. He's like, that's why he's scarred apart and stuff. Yeah, so that's what's actually keeping him together, and God knows what happened to the other eye. Maybe it has something to do with this intergalactic travel. Um, who knows? <laughs> I mean, but it, it ties in perfectly with Knights of the Republic. Yeah, so they keep not, and then obviously we brought back HK droids. HK droids originated mm-hmm. in Knights of the Old Republic. Um, this is these are new models. These are not forty sevens. These are whatever the new models are. Um, which man? Corellians, though I knew it. <clears throat> Oh, come on. Corre- What's interesting is in the old Republic, Corellia is actually under Republic control. So it wasn't until it became the Empire in our era. So even back in the day when it was an Empire and a Republic, it was still under Republic control. So it's interesting to see that they would well, be emp- Empire sympathizers. Well, remember what we saw in Solo, though. Like we got to see the Imperial controlled Corellia. And so, like, you can see how deep the Empire was on Corellia in Solo. And so, like, that, when, when, when Hera was like, uh, what is it, was it Hera that asked, you know, 
wouldn't you be worried about about imperial sympathizers like of course you would be like we saw that we saw that on freaking uh and uh, coruscant with with andor you know like Especially all of these a blue collar planet they're probably had it made during the empire's reign you know mm-hmm. follow the rules get your paycheck everything's good you know bars gambling your normal Sorry, mandalore your normal blue collar situation you know and then these rebels come in they wreck everything you're probably making less money now Mm -hmm. you know things like that and they're probably in that vein sympathizers of the empire so i'm i'm sure it's it's i mean you knew immediately when he didn't want to give them the tour that (laughs) something right here yeah something's wrong everything was wrong Uh uh-huh I love that the droid's the one that gave them up, though. Like, yes, I saw yeah, of course it. Was the proto- of course it was the protocol droid. It was very C-3PO. <laughs> I love that. It was really good. Very, very um, good. Yeah, so, so that was fun. The more I watched Hera, the more I was fine with, you know. I was a I, little, it was a little off at first. I wasn't they sure got how into I the about her. But I did. She did pop in. But, like, the, the, the initial, like, Oh, that's Hera, and I was just like, it, because I had ju- I've I've just watched Rebels uh, this weekend. I, I watched the like the critical like Ahsoka episodes, and mm-hmm. so like so that was very very fresh in my mind. So I had to switch over from animated to live action, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think once I got over that hump, I was like, okay, like she's doing a good job. Like she she popped in Chopper in episode two, amazing. <laughs> he was so good. Uh, it was just perfect. Like it really felt like the gang was back together. I mean, everyone's right. I mean, like this is literally just Rebels live action. Yeah. Like this is just yeah. the continuation of Rebels. Um, I'm really glad that they 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 explained the whole Sabine Padawan to Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of people that were really nervous about this. Like like Sabine's going to be force sensitive. <laughs> She's going to be a Jedi, and it's not. It's the complete inverse of that. Like. She uh, like I think, I think Ahsoka understood that she needed to ha- she needed somebody to watch her back. She needed a buddy, and it, Sabine was that person who you know she she was very accepting of those trials of like you know that the the challenge of like the dark saber like wielding the dark saber like she was able to do that. So I feel like Ahsoka kind of recognized that she had some innate like f- force user like attributes but they're very very small if if any at all um she's just she's she's a great she's a great warrior i think at the end of the day it just like because of her mandalorian upbringing she just it makes sense to have her as ahsoka's like battle buddy is there some sort of connection here leading knowing that dave filoni is going to cap this all off with a movie um is there some connection here to Grogu being a Mandalorian force user and now her being a Mandalorian force user? But she's not a force user. Even Hoi Yang says that he even says that like your abilities of um, what did she say? Force. He, he says that your abilities um, compared to like. Uh, God, what did he say? I, I, I literally just listened to it. Anyways, it. it compressed version he essentially recognizes that her ability to use the force is so minuscule that it she isn't even compared to some of the youngest younglings uh or smaller like the youngest padawans is what is essentially it that's how i interpreted it of like that's that was the that was the the final of like ah okay she's not a jedi she's just she's learning from ahsoka 
but she's like that that also makes sense when she's fighting Shen in the woods and she does like in the trailer and she puts her hand out and nothing happens and she goes you have no power um i think that's i think that's also going to be a moment for Sabine for her to realize like yeah i don't have i don't have the abilities that Ezra has i'm right. not i'm not that kind of person but i can still fight and like that's why i think that's why she made the lightsaber of her own because i think she i think she realized that like when she had the dark saber like she was like that was that that made her whole yeah. and so i think that's why she has her own lightsaber because it may like it, it, it's cool to see a mandalorian with the with the lightsaber like we saw it with din we've seen it with with sabine before and so for her to have like ezra's lightsaber and make, making it her own i think that's really cool but i also really like that she's not a jedi like she's not a force user yeah, it'll be an interesting journey with the two of them now. Um, I was happy to see her put her Mandalorian gear yeah, back on. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, she's perfect. Uh, she they cast it. Lou, L- L- I think her name is. Um, but she's she's perfect for Sabine. Like I I couldn't see anyone else playing a live action Sabine. Um, she's got the attitude down, the look, everything. Um, also, it was funny to see Clancy Brown. It's like, man, okay, this but is like you, your seventh but Star Wars. You understand role. why Clancy Brown was there, right? Yeah, because he's in the he's in Rebels. He plays no, he, multiple. But he peoples. voiced that was his character. I know that's but, what and, I'm saying. And, and they and they modeled him. They modeled the character after Clancy Brown in Rebels. So for him to just like show up on stage, it was perfect everything so, about that was beautiful he plays them he's voiced a ton of characters in clone wars and he was in, in mandalorian Rebels. he played he was the, the deveronian um, he, the, he played the deveronian in the escape in the escape episode in season one yeah so at this point in it's just two, whichever one that was how many roles can clancy brown play in star wars and he does them so well for. so i he would he could just do all of them for all i care i love having him a part of star wars no, he's, he's, he's awesome. fantastic. Um, so that was fun to see. It's fun to fun. see Lothal live action too. That was that was pretty cool. Lothal um, has gotten an upgrade. Um, well, yeah, it has. It, it has definitely become this like this hub of trade, and it is prospering. And like, look what happens when the empire is not just like just trying to strip mine the planet. Um, they're doing very well. I was really just, I was really surprised of how utopian uh, Lothal looked compared to when the last time that we see it in Rebels. Because in mm-hmm. Rebels, it's like, it's like shantytown. It's like, it's nothing It's impressive. a base, essentially. It's a base, base of, of op- It's a base of operation for the Imperial mining that's happening on Lothal. Because Lothal is a, was a mining planet. That's where, yeah. that's where, if you, if you read the, um, oh man, is it? Is it Catalyst? There's one of the no. It's it's the early Thrawn books. It's it's book one. It talks about the the one um, the one person that that was with Thrawn who is from Lothal. I forget her name. She's an Imperial officer. It talks about her background and her family and how they owned oh. uh, they owned a mining company and all of these things that were based off on Lothal. So it's really cool to see just like this stark difference of Lothal now versus how it was like twenty years ago. Oh my God! What was her name? I see her face in my I head. Can see, I can see her. I can see her. her the face short too. black hair. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, and she's got this annoying voice. She was the mayor, wasn't she, or the uh, governor of Lothal? The, go- the governor, yeah. Yeah, because she was under Tarkin. Right. Um. Hey, let's take a quick break. Pay a few bills. Be right back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're back. Governor Price. It was Governor Price. <laughs> Governor Price. I don't know why it just came to me, but I think it was because you said Thrawn, and then I heard Thrawn saying her name in my head. You're welcome. And you're right. He blamed her for literally everything. Everything. But in his defense. She was an idiot. She was an idiot. Like, she didn't. Then she got blown up, which I was okay with. Thrawn seemed okay with it, too, so. (laughs) Speaking of, give it to me, because I don't really have an opinion right now, but I know you have them on him, so give it to me. Also, the ship, by the way, you see him in is Morgan's ship. Yeah, it's it, well, it's the Eye of Scion. Yeah. When he walks on. So, like, yeah, there's... Okay, so, wait, what do you want me to give you? Uh, your impressions of what's happening with Thrawn right now, because you're yeah, very concerned okay, with so, how this is going to be yeah, handled. So, so I, I still don't understand this whole connection between Thrawn and Morgan. And why Morgan, as a as a night sister, is so caught up with with him? Like this relationship makes no sense because we went from we went from Morgan being an imperial like overlord and a manufacturer of weapons of mass destruction to then being a night sister to then having some type of like force connection with Thrawn, which I don't. I don't understand. That's one part that I, I really don't get. The other part that I'm, I'm completely thrown off by is why did Timothy Zahn write this entire backstory for him? And then it feels like it got chucked out the window. Uh, are we going to like there was are we going to have any mention of of Grisk at all in this? I don't think so. I think the the entire Grisk storyline is going to get completely thrown by the wayside with this. It's going to get Zephoed. Yeah, I think it's going to get Zephoed hard, unfortunately. And it's going to come up like in another book or, or a, a comic or something, which is, is, a, is a bit frustrating. I don't understand where we're going. I, I'm just going to this is where I'm at right now. I don't know where we're going with the story. I have no idea. Uh, you know, people are doing, there's a little bit of speculation on, you know, the one race that allegedly in, in Legends, we found out later that they didn't, but they technically kind of did. That comes from another galaxy. There's only one race, the Yuzong Bong. But I don't think they fit Disney's version of Star Wars. So I don't think we will ever see them outside of maybe a book or a comic. And like you said, for all we know, the Grisk are the Yuzong Vong, um, just under a different name because they had to be a little bit toned down for Disney. So who the hell knows what's happening? This could also mean nothing and we could just be going to some deserted world. But how did they survive for 15 years? Right. So. so we have to go back we have to go back to rebels and i'm like i'm trying to backtrack here and and everything everything about thrawn is like in rebels is that he was just a really he was he was a tactician very very smart he was always it was always like one step ahead or always meeting the rebels and kind of like throwing their plans off but they never they never like got into the the chiss backstory and I think that's why I really enjoyed because Thrawn's a really fun bad guy in Rebels. He he's a really cool bad guy in Star Wars in general. But if you go and you read these books, 
you start to understand that there's more to Thrawn than what is showcased in the show. And so I'm I'm still I'm I I have a lot of appreciation for what Timothy Zahn has done with this new this new version of Thrawn. Going back and listening to Heir to the Empire, very very different character. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we have now paints him in a completely different picture, and his overall like his the the. The Emperor, at the end of book three for the, the, the first trilogy of Thrawn, not the prequel, but the original trilogy, or the new tri- trilogy for Thrawn, it ends with the Emperor doubting everything that Thrawn is. Um, he, he, he knows that he's going to get backstabbed by Thrawn, um, and he's trying, to, he's trying to get it out of him. But, but Thrawn is, has always kind of eluded the Emperor. So he sends him off to the Outer Rim to go take care of the rebels that are out on Lothal. That is where we end up, and then we pick, and then we pick it back up in Rebels, and then so we book three drops you off at the beginning of Rebels. Book three that, drops you off okay. the introduction to Thrawn in Rebels. Got the, it. The Emperor says, "There's, there's the Rebels on Lothal. Go deal with them." And, and he's like, "Yes, my Emperor." And off he off he goes. Right. Um. So so now now we go into Rebels. Um. We kind of fast forward a bit. When Ezra, we we find out that Ezra is a, essentially like a beast master. Uh, he's able to talk with animals, commune with them. You see it in multiple episodes where like Ezra saves the group by by talking to an animal of some sort, whether it's like the flying mantis or it's, you know, the purgle. And so that is another part of this puzzle that I'm trying to figure out is did the purgles tell Ezra about this place? And like, did he like did he see it through the force of like, this is a place where I can take Thrawn and there is no way in hell that he could he could affect the outcome of the the rebels and their uprising against the empire is is was there so much foresight from them that that was the only like doctor strange right like did Ezra doctor strange and see all of these possibilities and realize that the only way to save his friends from thrawn was to take him to another galaxy or was it an oh shit button and it that, was more like that's what i thought it was i thought yeah. i thought every like all of that was just like um i got to get him out of here right yeah, and so like even I, I telling the purgle though like he's dangerous we need to get like get rid of him please help me right exactly and then their purgle are like cool we'll take him over here where he'll never be able to return i always i always assumed that they were still in the galaxy the galaxy is massive I, I just too. always assumed that the hunt for Ezra and for Thrawn would stay in the galaxy. But knowing that they're outside in another galaxy opens up a whole other can of worms, which I'm still trying to really wrap my head around. And so, again, I don't to kind of like close up this this tangent. I don't know again. And I feel like I've been saying this for weeks now. I don't know where Filoni is going with the Thrawn character and what was the point of Timothy Zahn writing six books to set up Thrawn for what I assumed would be his screen reveal, his his on screen presence? If you if even if you didn't read all the books, I feel like they could have still like they could have presented Thrawn as not this just like this overarching just like bad guy who's going to take over the empire. I, I I was I'm still totally down and there's still a lot of show left. I'm not condemning this character. I'm not condemning Filoni's writing because we haven't even had a chance to meet them yet. But for the stage that they are setting, I don't know where they're going to go with this character. I don't understand why 
why Morgan, again, has this like connection with him. Why was she tasked with finding him? Um, there is a lot of, hopefully we could either get flashbacks or there is some type of dialogue that sets this up because I definitely have found myself scratching my head of like, I don't know where we're going with this. And I think that's okay. I think it's all right to be like, I, I don't know where I'm, where, where this is going to go. And I'm just along for the ride because I yeah. feel like at, by the time, and, and this happened in Mandalorian as well, Kevin, we were like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And, and by the end of it, by the time we got to the end of it, you're like, oh my God, what a beautiful picture. Like it, it all makes sense now. And so I think that's kind of like what's going to happen is by the time we get to the end of, of Ahsoka, it'll all make sense. But it's definitely, as, as someone who has read the books, watched the movies, watched the shows, I don't know where we're going with this. And it doesn't make any sense to me. For the first time, I got to tell you, I don't have many theories. I like, yeah, it, the fact so that we're leaving the galaxy to me breaks everything we've ever known about Star Wars. And again, that yes, they've touched on it in Legends, but we've never really gone for it even in Legends. So this is this is new uncharted ground and we knew we had to get here at some point with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um but it's very different than what we all thought how this was going to play out. Um like Tim said, we thought they were in the galaxy, they were just out beyond the outer rim, like somewhere out there, but uh, another galaxy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in my, in my head, I thought we were, I thought they were going to be in the ascendancy. I, I really, really thought that with all of that time that had transpired, that he would have ended up in the galaxy, but like, or he ended up in the, the chist ascendancy, but like this whole, this whole thing of being like, outcast it like that's the other that's the other word that they used multiple times that threw me for a loop outcast and exile and in exile like he wasn't exiled he got yeeted through space exiled by the pergol maybe i don't know exile exile is something like okay he was exiled from the ascendancy but But that was was a ploy you said but it was it was planted by the myth yeah, it was a ploy. The Myth family planted him as an exile to make the other houses think that he was in trouble. When in fact, it was a plan between him, the higher-ups in the Myth family, and Admiral Arlani. They all knew. They all pl- they planted Thrawn on that, on that, on that Imperial-controlled planet to get him into the Empire because they knew... They knew that this was bad. This whole idea of this galactic civil war that was happening because Thrawn met Anakin, which is another thing that I hope they touch on because Thrawn meets Anakin. Thrawn was with Vader. He got exiled by the myths to get planted into and, and go up the ranks. He did everything that he was supposed to do for the myth family. Are they going to throw that out the window? But no they keep idea. on they keep on saying exile, so I don't know what it means. I'm I'm again I I'm con- like there are, I got pulled in so many different directions with how they're going to treat Thrawn in, in episode two. I I don't know where we're going with this. How did you feel about Sabine surviving being run through she with a lightsaber? Qui Gon jinned. I literally said that when I'm watching. It's like oh she got Qui Gon, but she's okay. I think it's because I, I, Kevin, I'm not, I'm shitting you not. I think it's because it hit her here. It hit her on, uh, like, I guess, like, left, left side kidney. All right. Mm-hmm. Where Qui Gon 
got middle spine, I guess. I don't know. Like, apparently you can just put a back-to-badge on you, and you're fine. Boom. Why did Qui-Gon die by getting run through by Darth Maul, but Sabine doesn't? I'm so confused. I think I her getting stabbed, her getting stabbed was just like the the perfect oh shit moment to get Shin away and make it so that she wasn't going to fight Ahsoka. But I still don't understand how she was okay, but Qui-Gon Shin dies. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't was, know. I was really bothered by that. I was honest to God bothered by the fact that she got stabbed and she got a bandage, a backed up liquid bandage put on her, which is really cool, by the way. It was really neat to see like this whole thing that had like liquid, like the, the liquid tubing on it to run the back to like into the place where you needed to go. Very neat. I really liked that. But it was still she got run through by a lightsaber and she was OK. It only took her a couple days to recover. Just a couple. Qui-Gon Jinn died. You're not wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm glad you picked up on that because it really bothered me. Yeah, I was like, oh, she got run through. But then in my head, I'm like, she's alive because she cuts her hair in the trailer. So it's not like we're killing Sabine right now. I thought we were going to get like some flashback or something because I was like, well, Sabine's gone. No, she's fine. I I knew she was going to survive because she's too integral to the story. I just, I, I don't know. What's interesting, too, is at the end of episode two, when Sabine's looking at the mural, that's literally reminiscent of the final scene of Rebels, where she's looking at the mural and Ahsoka's standing behind her, and it's the the Battle of Lothal is that's ex- over. That's exact. It, it is the end. It, where, or is that the end where, of the Empire? You know, I think it's, it's the end the, of the Empire. It's the end of Rebels when they, when they fast forward like six years. It, the Empire's fallen. Everyone's celebrating. Lothal looks like clean and pretty. It's essentially the stepping off point from the end of row. It took us two episodes to get to a point where Sabine and Ahsoka leave on episode in the the final episode of rebels to go find, to go so find it is, Ezra re- and Thrawn. It's literally a recreation a reha- of that scene. It's a rehash of the end of rebels. Got it. Okay. I wasn't sure now, if it was like now, a nod now, or here's the, the scene. other, th- now here's the other thing you could, you could in theory say that, where the, where Rebels ends and where Ahsoka episode two ends is the same junction point. I don't think it's true, but I mean it's it's so similar. It's almost frame for frame. Yeah. Now I want to go back and watch it again, but it's it's but it, in theory the time time wise that means they've done this twice. Then where they've met up on that platform, they've gotten on a ship together and they've taken off, um, which is kind of weird. What do you think of Morgan's ship? Is that like a Night Sister situation? Yeah, or? Very, very alien, very not Star Wars. Even the even the holograms were different. They were the green. Hol- they were and they, they were, were like had this. They, they used like sand almost. They had this like particle effect to them. Whereas it it, it 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 was very not of the Star Wars galaxy. The droids. I have a screenshot here. Uh, the droids do not look like anything I've ever seen before. Maybe she's done this before. Yeah, I'm. I'm. But, but it's not like those are like that ship's not from Corellia. All of the no. inter, like the interfaces that they're that they're they're working with the holo the holo projectors are different. Like everything about her her transport ship when she goes down to meet with Balin, whatever that planet was, um, with like the red trees. That was very cool, by the way. Um, Starts with an S. I can't remember what the name of it is, but yeah. What, when you see that the transport ship, and then also you see the Eye of Scion, they're all very. 
Um, I mean, if anything, Kevin, it kind of it, it's kind of like old Republic vibe. What if it's the gaze electric? <laughs> no, it's not the gaze electric. <laughs> no, because the gaze electric the gaze electric had a had a gla- has a glass bottom and it's it's a massive ship. Um, but it's completely run think, by droids when we leave off with Marky on. Yeah, but I mean, like she's using droids for all like all of the stuff that they've done so far has all been HK droids. So I would assume, much like Marky on Roe, he under Marky on understood that robots were the best thing for him because they would never betray him. And so I would assume, um, and and also Thrawn Thrawn recognizes that as well. He understands yeah. that like robots are far more superior to getting just your shit done than other people. Were um, his personal guard droids? He had. Oh, well, I mean, like some of the HK droids that you see in the Mandalorian when we meet Morgan for the first time, they have the Chimera sigil like on their pauldrons um and yeah he uses droids throughout the books he repurposes um he repurposes uh, a vulture droid at one point he repurposes Mm -hmm. the um the little the little scrapper droids um yeah the ones that like cut through ships and stuff so he uses them a lot to get shit done so that doesn't surprise me at all the the thing is again is the architecture the the technology is very very different so I I would assume this is from another galaxy. This this idea of being able to travel throughout the universe and visit other galaxies is going to become a um I I think they're setting this up to be a normal thing within the Star Wars universe as we go forward. So which is weird because we still haven't even established all of the <laughs> stuff that's outside in uncharted space within their own galaxy. There is still an entire an entire section of Star Wars that has been talked about in literature that has never been dis- that has really ever been showcased visually, and we're just kind of jumping over that. Like I just I don't understand why we can't why why we didn't use this as a great time to introduce the ascendancy and to introduce the grisk and all of this stuff. Like why are we leaving the the galaxy far far away? And going to another galaxy that's even farther away. <laughs> a long time ago in a galaxy that's really far. freaking far away. Like a long I, time ago in a galaxy that's even further than the this one. You know, one. <laughs> right? I mean just like I don't I don't understand like where we're going with this. It's just I feel like there was so much stuff that was set up for us that was that was just laid out perfectly in in a beautiful way, and we're just like ah, nah. I, I don't know. I, I don't I really don't know how to feel about it. And that's why and that's why I'm struggling with really enjoying the show right now. Because I like it. I, I enjoy it. I it's like it visually, cinematography wise, if we just look at the cinematography, fantastic. It is a full blown movie. Like this is this is a Star Wars movie that has been chopped up into how many episodes? What six episodes? Six parts? Uh, Eight see. parts. And it, it's it's visually stunning. They they li- they spared no expense, especially in episode like episode one, breathtaking. Episode two, the entire the, that entire Corellia section, chef kiss. It was it was it was amazing. It was really really good. But where are we going with it? I just I I'm I'm lost from the storytelling aspect. I think visually it was great. The choreography for the fights were fun. Ahsoka fighting the um, the HK droids in in part one, awesome. Like the, them exploding and, and glassing uh, 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 like what, like five miles. Um, that was cool. That was really neat. 
Um, but I, it, there was a lot of there was a lot of back and forth in the first two episodes to kind of get us to this this point um, that felt like it, we could have. I, I I saw IGN's I saw IGN's review of it yesterday, and I started reading through it, and and I was like, oh no, that's not good. And unfortunately, I have to agree with uh, with IGN. And there are parts of the story that just fall flat, or it feels like they could have they could have used more time to expand on what we're going to do versus how we got to where we are right now. And I understand that there are going to be a lot of people that are watching Ahsoka that haven't watched Rebels, or they don't they don't understand the importance of Ahsoka within the Star Wars universe and how she connects to so many different people. Um, but we spent a lot of time. We spent a lot of time in the last two, in these two episodes to try to get us to a a, a feel good point where we, we 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 have these connections with the characters to a certain degree. I don't think Ahsoka is for your older Star Wars fan, um, casual I fan. I think Ahsoka is for your super fan and for the kids who grew up watching Rebels that are teenagers and in their twenties now. I think you could still introduce Ahsoka in a way where old sure. Star Wars fans that have no idea what's going on and they just like Star Wars because they watched it growing up and they watched the original trilogy, I think they could still get on board with like this Togruta Jedi that is that is out there to kick ass. Um, I, I, and I think you could still do it in a way where you don't have to spend two episodes to try to build up a backstory to it. Um, I, I think I think we could have like the, the 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 first part of the episode of episode one that that entire introduction of like Ahsoka and Hera and like all those things like that was all really good and then I felt like we just kept on doing more and more of that where I was like personally for me I was ready to go on like I I was I was ready to to get further along in the story than where we ended up in almost two hours so I, I don't I don't I don't know how you feel about that. thinking oh i was like i lost kevin Good. no no i'm thinking can, i'm thinking that part out yeah i mean it's i'm i'm I very know. torn i i like like other star wars shows before everyone gets all upset i want to say that i'm not sure yet and ask me in six weeks is kind of where my head is at yeah um but i i'm i'm lost i don't i don't have a prediction for the first time in any Star Wars show, I do not have a prediction. Like you know, I love my insane theories. I don't have one. And maybe no that's why I'm having such a hard time with this right now is because I have no idea where this is going. I have no idea where this is going. This is uncharted territory for Star Wars. It is not playing by the book. I'm kind of happy that we're breaking that, um, but it has to be done correctly. And I am worried based on what you've told me about Thrawn. Because for full clarity, if you're new to Star Wars and Sketch, I've only read two out of the six Thrawn books. Um, so Tim has kind of filled me in on the important points that I need to know because um, I don't really care about the spoilers. I'm more concerned with the continuity of the story. So I am, based on what Tim has said, I am a bit worried on the treatment of Thrawn and the motivations of Thrawn in live action versus the motivations of Thrawn in the Timothy Zahn canon novels because he did write Heir to the Empire as well. And I know you don't like Heir to the Empire, Thrawn. So, because you know. He's just, he's just, he's, he, the, the Heir to the Empire, Thrawn, is purely driven to reclaim the empire like and to rebuild the empire and bring it back to its glory which makes no sense in the newer timothy's on ascendancy books yeah 
And even in the and even in the 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 trilogy, as he's working his way up through the uh, the Imperial Navy, and he's 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 becoming an admiral and all of this stuff, it was always it always came back to the ascendancy. It always came back to the myth house, and I still don't understand how that all works with Thrawn now. Well. I don't. I don't have anything for you. I really don't. I, I wish I did. Uh, I'm. I'm kind of on the in in a in a good way. I'm on the edge of my seat and along for the ride. And then there is that piece of me that's sitting there going like, "What are we doing with Ron here?" Because well, and but maybe okay. So here's the other thing: is is Thrawn being used for us as a distraction? And, and we like are missing. Are we, are we missing? Are we missing the completely other side of the story? Because Balin, his character, I think is going to be important. I think Balin and Shin are far more important than I think what we realize right now. Balin is is very strong in the Force, extremely strong in the Force. We know that he disappears at the end of the Clone Wars. Um, Hu Yang says that because he recognizes the lightsaber. He knows who owns it. And the the last of the records show that he disappears at the end of, of the Clone Wars. So does he go? He goes into he, he survives Order sixty six. He goes into hiding, but he is very very strong. He can read the Force. Like, like Morgan Elspeth asks him, "What is she feeling? What is like what what's going to happen?" He's able to see the future and all this stuff. Like he's as powerful as I would say, like Yoda or Qui Gon or Anakin. Like I would I would throw him up there in that. In that hierarchy of Jedi. So, and it's interesting that he's now has he has an apprentice. Obviously, did you did you uh, notice her little her little uh, Padawan braid? Yes, I thought that was really good. And then he also has an Inquisitor who would have been hunting him down ten years ago. Yes, but so do you re, do you recognize that Balin is keeping to the Jedi way to a certain a way. degree? To a Which, certain degree, he's holding his he's holding his like his 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 old practices now, with, which is which weird. in turn brings the words "dark Jedi" back into the conversation. It does, right? He's like he's 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 chaotic neutral or chaotic good. Yeah, because there seems to be a motivation and a reasoning, and that reasoning has probably been justified, but we don't fully understand what that is yet. I think what we're going to end up seeing is we're going to see a continuation of the narrative that the Jedi Order in the uh, prequel trilogy were pious, and they were um, they were so full of themselves that they completely missed all of their teachings and and everything that was true of being a Jedi. The idea of attachment, the idea of love, like all these things. We're, we're talking about it in the High Republic constantly. In phase one, they constantly talk about how the Jedi are recognizing that, you know, without love and compassion, like how is how, like it, it, it is contradictory to everything else. Like you can't you can't be you, you can't be passionate about being a Jedi without loving. You know, you can't hold true to the ways without doing this thing that contradicts the thing that we're being told not to do. And so it's it's very it's very very interesting to see, and I think I think Balin's going to bring that to the to the screen. I think he's really going to show, and I think Ahsoka is going to end up agreeing with him because she ran into the same issue as well. She recognizes that they were they were completely uh, uh, they really were so full of themselves that they 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 missed what it was to be a, a keeper of the peace. Mm-hmm. 
And it even and, 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 and at some point we even talk about how um how Yoda was so ups like he was so he even even Yoda was a oh I know what it was it's when Yoda is talking to uh he's <laughs> he's talking to Ezra in the Veil of the Force um yeah. it's when they go to the temple on Lothal and Yoda admits to Ezra that he was afraid. And that mm-hmm. he was so caught up in in his fear of of losing everything and his fear of the dark side that it completely clouded his mind. And he and that was one of the reasons why he went into exile on Dagobah is because he felt like he let everyone down. And like yep. that, that and that's very interesting that they even brought that up in the in the animated uh show as well so i think we're gonna see a lot of that and i think there was a reason why that episode was critical in like in the disney critical episodes for ahsoka i think that episode right there um speaks a lot to the jedi order and the old ways versus like let's let's use luke for example in episode eight you know when he's what, just if, com- what if we get force ghost yoda and force ghost anakin i mean like that i it, it that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Force Ghost Anakin is one hundred percent going to be a thing. To have to have Frank Oz be be Ghost Yoda would be fantastic. I think it'd be great. They, they did it in in um, they episode, did episode eight. Ni- they did it in episode nine. They did it in episode eight. They did it in in Rebels um, for for Ghost Yoda. So for for those those guys to show up again, it would not surprise me at all. And Yoda knows Ahsoka very well, so. It- Yoda plays knows perfectly. Ahsoka, Yoda knows Ezra, and Yoda and Ezra had a connection. So through the Force, I, through the well, through the Force, and this is while Yoda was still alive on Dagobah. So they were he was connecting to to him like just telepathically, I would assume. So for his Force ghost to show up, like that would make a lot of sense. What if there's some connection between Yoda and Balin and redemption and using Anakin as an example? I don't know. You're stretching. I'm just I'm throwing them out there. This is what I got right now, based on our, I don't have much because I really have no freaking clue where this is going. Yeah, the the Morgan being the the uh, a sister of Dathomir was was really intriguing, like a, a, a night sister. Uh, that really threw me for a loop. I I think I it's had cool. seen I'm that gl- theory, I'm, so it didn't it didn't blow my mind, but I was happy to see that. You know, I'm, we're moving forward with the Night Sisters. But you where know, is that like, and but where is that going to go? Like, is is Townsend going to show up? You know? Are there like, more? Are there in more this of them? Other place? Yeah, exactly. Like where her ship is from, and in the Eye of Scion. Like, ha- like apparently the Night Sisters are familiar with this place. They have a star map for it. Like they have all of these things that that in the, it seems like they know how to get there. So what what's to say that they haven't been there already, or that is the origin? Of and we the never Night sisters and like you said earlier like maybe that's where their magic comes from we we never really get too much closer on mother talzin too because she just keeps popping up well yeah we see her we see her like disappear in one of the one of the last episodes she just like turns into a green flame and just like pff, gone right yeah well and then we don't and then, and then we don't we don't we we see the 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 remnants of the night sisters in jedi fallen order but that's really it. I mean, Dathomir is a wasteland, and there's like no one there. Everyone's dead. Well, now that we know that Dathomir wasn't the only place that they were, it opens up a huge it can does. of worms. And then on top of that, you have um, I don't. I, I'm 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 
I stick to what I said at the beginning that there's something, some connection to this place we're going and the source of power because their dark side power has always been different than what we're used to. Yeah. Um, and there's some sort of connection. So I would, it would not shock me if that voice, like you said, is Mother Talzin and it's not Thrawn calling to her from it's Mother Talzin or whatever was talking to Mother Talzin all this time because there's, I think we're going to get Night Sister lore. Like, I think that's just what, how this is going to play out is we're going to get more. That way you can introduce Night Sisters in, in older content too, because yeah. we know that they're abundant. Um, I don't think this is a let's, you know, do what we do with Mandalore where we destroyed them as a civilization, but we realized how cool they were and then we wanted to bring them back. So we made a whole television show to do that. I don't think it's oh, like God, that. Could you imagine? <laughs> but who's to say that on the other side of this, this, portal we're not going to run into a whole new night sister situation yeah um so i don't know but hey we got six more episodes to go so we'll, this will be an ongoing discussion for many many weeks to come but thank you for hanging out with us today for episode 142 two of star wars and scotch just wanted to confirm that before i said it make sure you head over to tim's channel youtube.com slash darkness 429 when does starfield start tim uh, August 31st. That's next week. And in the mm-hmm. meantime, we got Tarkov. We got Baller's Gate. We got Armored Core tomorrow. Armored no, fr- Core tomorrow. Friday. 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 Mm-hmm. Friday. So it's 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 a really good time to be a gamer. We're getting caught up with all the COVID backlog now, and it's just smacking us in the face. And it's wonderful. We uh, haven't seen Zeb yet. Like, is Zeb going to show up? I would assume he does. Zeb's we got to, we saw him. him. We saw him in, in The Mandalorian. They're going to get the game gang back together and i would not be surprised if we don't well, get we still have to we still have to find rex we haven't you seen know we're getting we force ghost freddy too dude taiko atiti is totally gonna show up not taiko atiti um uh uh god who plays boba fett he's gonna be rex he's gonna be tamir old man. morrison tamir morrison's totally gonna be old man rex like there's no way he's not he's gonna be perfect um but again is he alive it's been a bit it's been a little bit since we've seen him but everyone assumes that he was at the battle of endor so time wise, he should still be kind of alive. Five um, years later, God, so. Kevin, I have so many questions. Five years later, Do yeah. You have we'll to wait s- till t- is it? So is it every Tuesday now? It comes every out? Tuesday confirmed nine o'clock. Tuesday so night. Tuesday night. Yep. Fuck. Be a long six weeks, Kevin. Why? It's better than getting up early. It is, but just I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of a struggle at four a.m. today. I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna lie. Ahsoka run times. Let's see if they released all. I think they're all. Times. It's all gonna be like forty-five minutes, right? Episode one was fifty-four. Episode two was forty-two. Oh, first three episodes. Hold on. Let's see. Episode three is shorter. Uh, th- uh, thirty-four minutes. It's not too. So bad. next week won't be as long. So not too bad. God, um, I, man, mm, save it. We got six weeks of this. All right. Make sure you go check out Tim Darkness429 everywhere on the internet, especially YouTube. Uh, that's where you can watch him stream. Um, Kevin X Vision on Twitter and KMagic101 everywhere else. And we are Star Wars and Scotch or Star Wars Scotch. Follow us, rate, review, subscribe. It helps us out immensely. Um, and like we said, as long as you're respectful, your comments, uh, we're all good on chit-chatting. You know, uh, uh, some of you need to learn how to control your temper. It's, it's okay. Oh, it, that's why I don't look t- at the comment section. I don't either, and I accidentally looked the other day, and I was like, oh, 
Okay, tell me you don't listen to the show without telling me you don't listen to the show. But our views up on TikTok are like 400%, so... Yeah, we got a, we had a video that had like 750,000 views, so what? thanks for that. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh. So did thanks for that. Off? Did we piss anybody off? Oh, I'm sure. I'm not reading the comments on that What was the video one. about? Uh, it's in the... Nick linked it in the I'll email. Have go, I'll have to go look. Oh, my God. So, yeah, thank you so much for that. But uh, until next week, episode three of Ahsoka, Tim... And the force be with you. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.